Over the years, they've taken you on amazing journeys to worlds you've never imagined. Wow. And places you've only dreamed of. This summer, Disney Pixar will take you on their next great adventure. With Carl Fredrickson. And he won't even have to leave his house. guys. Hi, Mr. Fredrickson. Please let me in. No. Oh, I... Disney Pixar's Up. Welcome to episode 51 of the What I Love About Pixar podcast. Each episode we talk about something I love from Pixar. Could be a particular character, scene, or actual film. And today we are going to be talking about the sentimental film. Well, sentimental in my opinion. It's up! Up, released on May 29, 2009. Carl Fredrickson wants... Explore South Africa and find the forbidden paradise floor. About six years later, he gets to begin his journey, along with Boy Scout Russell, by lifting his house with thousands of balloons. On their journey, they make many new friends, including a talking dog, and figure out that someone has evil plans. Carl soon realizes that the evil doer is his childhood idol. So, by a little bit of snob and British, not familiar with stuff. Oh, yeah. we are now ready to get started. And we begin 
with a flashback to when our main character Carl met his sweetheart Ellie as we delve through their lives together and learn, you know, about their dreams, how they wanted to explore paradise falls and you know, visit the world, travelling, which many people want to do when they're young, uh, explore paradise falls. However, as we see throughout the montage, we get towards them them seeing them growing up. Ellie eventually gets get ill and eventually um, dies. So it's, uh, it's very sad. Especially to the part of that's played through music and no dialogue. And of course, obviously, so she's now gone, leaving Carl lonely in their big empty house. So we then shift to the present day uh, to, to Carl, who, like most Americans, takes his life, brings a better one for himself and we also learned that a building property wants to take his house as part of their development plan but Carl won't budge. And then we meet Toby Russell for the very first time. Oh come on! He is! He's, he's, he's so Toby! Like most Americans are. Oh. Sorry, that's not being rude, that's a fact, okay? That is a fact. The Americans love your food. And Pitty Ross is so tubby. But like Carl, he's looking at adventure and tries to be a good citizen. Like to help Carl out, but it's like the boys leave, because the one Carl doesn't want to the offer. Uh actually what I need to complete a healthy elderly badge. Um yeah. Then, fearing that he'll be sent to an old, old retirement home for old people after the incident that saw him in the court hearing, Carl strives to come up with a way to not lose his home. And so he takes action by tying balloons to his house, which then flies the house away, off to Palace Falls. However, whilst in mid-air, Carl suddenly realises that there's a lot of stuff in I'm going to do this throughout the whole show, by the way. Okay, it's my opinion on the character Russell. It's very tough. Um, he snuck aboard! Oh, and I just love from the get go how we get to see the fractured relationship between Carl and Russell from the get from the outset. Because Carl doesn't want Russell there. He doesn't want anybody there. He just wants to be by himself, he wants to be on his own. Um, we include this little funny little fantasy sequence where it looks like Carl. Uh, Carl is dangling Russell outside the house to try and get back to Russell's home. And Russell goes, Hey, I'm going to see my house from here. And then Carl's like, Great, and lets go of the rope. Which we see Russell comes to assume. And then we shoot back to reality where both happens. happen. But I do love how realistically it looks. It's pretty big. Oh, maybe um, Carl's going to go that far to actually commit mass murder on a child. He doesn't! He doesn't! Okay. I'm sure there's plenty of times like this about Carl. Still like, oh, we're going to have to just get away with larger. And this kid, and that dog, and that annoying bird, big bird, will just go away. But, you know, no, 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 not that sort of film. And um, so then after a sweet little hurricane, which causes the house to go off course, the house crashes to the ground with Carl and Russell holding on to Broke for dear life with no idea where they are at first until Carl realizes well, actually, they can ride a high school. It's just, um, he could have been more delighted to have the ability to agree and make it. 
how it turns out that the house is actually landed on the other side. With Russell suggesting they walk the house to the ball, which can't, but it's a stupid idea. But eventually agrees to it, and we get to see how much Russell is annoying towards Carl. But I also find quite annoying too. That's most of the characters in the match, which I find quite annoying. Um, but, you know, um, we'll get to all that later. So, yes, yeah, so that's the plan, the exit of the plan. So, that's, so basically, the rest of the time, we see them walking the house. And then later on, Russell, after going to the bushes, um, she basically, um, how can put it, put it politely? Let's go to number one. Yeah. Russell needs the toilet. So obviously, of course, as you all know, the only way to do that in the wild is to basically go and lean the bushes. So that's what Russell goes to do. Um, but, you're, but he notices footprints and forces them to discover a wild bird which he feeds some of his chocolate box. And the two then go back to Carl, who is stunned to see it and at first tries to shoo it away. Um, and he's a bit shocked, a bit like Orbis, to learn that Russell's actually gone and named it, called, named the bird Kevin. So that's how he referred to the the film. Not sure if, that is his, if that's his real name or not, but anyway, I don't know. But of course, as it turns out, Kevin's not a he, we'll get to that in a bit, but first, Oh, my little hero. We then get to meet. So, just when you think you've had enough of hitchhikers, you've had first Russell, then Kevin, we now get a third hitchhiker into the mix in the form of Doug. And we get to meet the Robo side. And Carl Russell, they learn that he's a talking dog who has been um, sent to find a bird who he claims as his prisoner. Um, and it's lovely because as soon as Cut Dog sees Kevin, he's like, There's the bird, I've done my job. And he's like, Please be my prisoner. And Dog's like, Oh, it's brilliant. And he's now like, Carl, no, I've got now like Kevin. That's wrong, that's really sad. That should be from my notes. That should be Kevin. However, Dog's then now like Carl and wants and tags along. Um, much to his own annoyance. Um, but Doug, he's, I mean, he's got to realize he's a dog that's clinging on to Kevin, just going, please be my prisoner, please be my prisoner, please be my prisoner. Now, obviously, for those of us who have seen this film, do you know there's actually an ulterior motive behind that? Because um, there's actually a hidden purpose to why this bird is wanted and why dog wants this bird. Um, and I think if any other dogs had encountered Carl Russell, the little cog inside my head is supposed to start turning to think, what is going on? Would, would get it, would be turning. But because it was Doug who said it, and I'm still just literally amused by the childlikeness and how very much like a normal everyday dog, dog is being, particularly if he's a squirrel, the cogs don't turn. So I'm just like, so I'm just so instead of going, why is he saying that? Like, why is he saying that? I'm just basically laughing out loud because it's just so funny. It, it, it's literally like it's literally like a child, a toddler clinging onto the legs of their parents. And so we've all done that in our lives with a kid, but that's what reminds me of. It's just so hilarious seeing dogs trying to go away. It's just the birds having none of it because of course Kevin is the only one monster because he can't actually um, ha- 
happy I think of using speech, I didn't think. So Kevin really playing normal on that, really. Um, so then we then get Carl making an attempt to try and get rid of both Doug and Kevin. Uh, first with Doug with the ball, on the walking stick, well, the ball with the walking stick, and then Kevin with a bit of chocolate. And then he tries to get uh, to, the, to the ball and get that and carry on as normal. However, when he and Russell Grant go halt, and it's really funny, both Doug and Kevin then reappear. And it's just brilliant because I love it because Carl thinks, yes, got rid of them. And then all of a sudden, they ground a halt up, and up a little bit in anyway, ring. And then you see both Doug and Kevin like that. And, and Carl's like, oh, no. If this wasn't a family film, at that point, Carl probably would have let out one or two to not so very nice, friendly choice of words. Um, but nevertheless, the cat, the group, you might not make any chance. And then the next day, Carl and Russell wake up to find that Kevin is on the roof of the house, making bird noises. And then the group make the assumption that Kevin is not really a boy, but is actually a ladybird. Not just any ladybird, a mother ladybird. And they think those other bird noises is her children calling out to mummy dearest. And so he's trying to get back to them. And Russell then wants Ozzy to help Kevin, but Carl doesn't, doesn't, no, whatever you do with it. And this is when they get called by the other dogs who, who take Carl and Russell to their master. Because um, obviously they've been dogs. We do a little see, oh, they tried to meet with dogs, but he's still a collar. And dogs like, oh, I found the bird. And I was like, great, let tell us where you are. And so, but I don't think dogs do us, but apparently they can track where dogs are being collar. And run up and take the market. So when we arrive at the lair of the dog master, we discover that the master is none other than the famed explorer Charles Muntz. I've got no idea if I pronounce it. I am very bad at pronouncing names. Um, and we know that he's the one who made the dogs their collars um, and trained them to obey his every command, including capturing a particular bird he's after. And what I think is very interesting with this sort of thing with me is that straight away he's a minor genius of how he is able to survive because without those dogs, I do not think there is any way possible that Charles could survive. The we all know the same without when it comes to survive the world. This is that uh now I've got to be very careful after doing because I have mumbled and jumbled it up a few times because I try to sit this way. So I'm saying is you could potentially survive three days without water. You could survive three weeks without food and three months without shelter. That's the older saying when it comes to trying to survive without the basic need uh, that you would need to survive. Um, so Charles, he's, I've had to mind his genealogy here in Kremlin. I've been able to make those colours. So that, and I was trying to dog, but if it wasn't those dogs, he would be a goner, and pretty much what happens to the rest of them probably would not have happened. You know, it would have been probably just an easy ride to fall, but we know it's not an easy ride. So, uh, we after, after getting to know about Charles, uh, we discover the awful truth that the bird he's after is actually Kevin, who wants to find the bird so that he can bring the creature back to bridge the wild 
he wanted to fraud and clear his name. I'm like, and I, 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 I'm like, really? Is it really worth these plans where I'm desperate for the fame and fortune to not be, I do prove that I'm not a nutter? Is it, is that really, is that really what this is? It's not your plan, no? So, so well, it's not your plan. What do you make of that? Just some silly, silly human, you know, who's a bit just looking for attention, really. Um, and Russell, of course, after he realised the bird in question looked like Kevin, Charles then starts to ask him, um, question, well, starts questioning the boy. It feels more like an interrogation, really. Um, he reveals how he trained it to follow Russell by giving the bird chocolate, which then unmasks Charles' true business nature, and he sets the dogs. Well, oh. Set the dogs. He sets the dogs on them. <laughs> when uh, Russell stops heaven. they try to steer the house but away. Uh, with dog putting soldiers in the dog's way, the dog is basically sided with Russell and Russell. Back when there's that first little encounter, the dog goes, Well, actually, I like you so much, I'm going to ignore my penis mask and be on your team. Yay! The dog would be very bad to take as a sort of the wall, let me tell you. Copy, zip, floppy, zip, floppy. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the dog helps by putting boulders away to stop the dogs. Um, being as Doug, as I mentioned now, Fuse Carl as his new master, how it doesn't hold them up very long and the dogs are back on me again. And before I managed to make it across the other side, away the dogs, but Kevin is ends up highly being badly hurt. And Carl now decides to help Kevin get back home. With him and Russell towing the house with Kevin laying on board. Well, on their travel, Russell talks more about his family, back at home. And it's sort of a way to try and bond with Carl, but of course it's not, not really working. And then upon hearing fellow bird noises, Kevin runs for it, but gets caught by Charles, who sets Carl's house on fire, which provides an interesting ultimatum here for Carl, who chooses his house over the bird, uh, allowing which the Kevin to be captured, but also Carl devastated at the wreckage of his home and lets out a little bit of rage and is still set on the heart of the battle force. Russell, basically seeing Carl go a hissy fit, goes, Right, it's my turn now! My ghost have a hissy fit! Right, where do you want to start? The fact that you're fat or the fact that you're not a good explorer? The fact that you don't know how to weed in the bushes properly. The fact that you are constantly delusional and love and just want to be friendly to first people you meet. How you don't understand you're not supposed to feed wild animals. Where do I start, Russell? Where do I start? I've got plenty here for you. Where do, what are your history about? Well, history here is just simply spraying his stash down, basically giving up on being an explorer. Which makes Carl actually realise where he's been sort of going wrong. Um, so he then, after he takes him inside, has to look at Ellie's adventure book and looks at the section of labels stuff I'm going to do. And oh, 
watching the most of me because again there's no dialogue just for all the things that ellie thought she was going to do in her life and never got around to them and i'm just why i got to this point because we've all probably felt like that we've all probably thought of all these different ideas things we've got time for ourselves into we've written them down we're going to pick them from there in a book and it's all like, oh, like that's what it really was um because it all because it all things when i get to car's age if i'm lucky to reach car's age I probably be doing that exact same thing, looking back at what I thought I was going to do and think, did I make it? Well, yeah, that is really quite a But it's also to help her realise, actually, mate, you've been going wrong in what every single thing you've been doing so far. You have not. It's basically that slap in the face moment where actually the, the hero realises, actually, I've got things wrong. And so, men. So we then now so basically we now start talking more for the climate now. And Russell decides to go on his own to rescue Peggy as he still believes Carl doesn't want want to, which basically is forcing the old man off to go off the kids to his house and leave behind the chairs that she and Ellie sat on inside by looking at the book and thinking about a changed man. So Russell closes in on the blimp and tries to rescue Kevin, however he ends up getting tied to a chair by the dogs. However, the cavalry arrives when the house approaches in the form of Colin Duck on board, they save Russell from falling out of the out of the blimp. Shame. <laughs> Who said that? I didn't hear anything. Um uh, and then basically puts Russell in the house and basically says, just stay there, it'll be more safer to fight Russell free. So Carl and Doug, they now go inside the blimp in search of Kevin, getting past dogs by using balls, and then Carl frees Kevin from the cage. The dogs are ordered to deal with Russell, and the house last child goes after Carl. The cage is a bit of an old man, fishy cuts by it, really. Charles eventually just pulls out the blimp after the dog leaned on the lever, sending it to swerve in the other direction. But they still have to deal with the dogs, which Doug does by putting the code of shame on the lead of Alpha. Meanwhile, the fight between the two elderly men of city is still going on. Surprising you in their age. You thought elderly all those pensioned men could fight like that. You'd still be going out in her breath. Well, not, not really, it's not really, it's not really all those street balls, it's just more of a bit of a handbag and meh 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 cough fight really, it's not, not really that big of a fight, I mean I have put a fight down my nose, but it's not really much a fight, more of a bit of a brawl, more of a brawl, in the night brawl, right, stop, you stop, just go, stop, 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 back to the, back to the bill, so back to the bill, so they're still, are you going to the, but Carl gets away with Kevin and Doug, and in back to the house. However, the balloons are shot by Charles with Carl holding on to the house for dear life. The gang eventually makes an escape with, with um, no, but Charles is still on the house. Or inside the house, okay. uh, Which Carl then lets go of when the others have all basically for it and it just floats away. So we're basically then left to assume, well, 
that's the end of Charles because we've lost the docks. We've now lost the docks. And the house is uh, basically, it's basically like a hot, hot air balloon. We've got a kinetic float and it will ventilate around with air fuel. It will come down to landing. And well, so basically, if she is that Charles eventually later pairs it because the eagles will not be able to survive that docks. It goes back to what I said earlier about how without those dogs, he wouldn't have survived in the first place, and now he's lost the dog, he is not going to last that long. But I'll leave it to you guys to think which way did he die off of first? Was it lack of fur, lack of food, or lack of shelter? He, he did definitely that one. So we get then towards the end of the film now, come towards the end of the film now. So Carl had, you know, had to basically look at the to his home. Kevin makes it back to hit to her babies and says goodbye to Carl, Ruffle and Doug. Um, and we get a shot back home. Doug is now with Carl and Ruffle. Both making up of them. And when they return home, Russell gets given a special bath by Carl, which is which he names his Teddy Bad, and it and it was the pin that Carl had from the very beginning of the film with the little kid and it. And Russell is now a senior wilderness explorer. God help us, because oh, there you you know, scouts or whatever it is over in America. So let Russell be your guys, because it's not going to end badly. And the film ends with the three of them, you know, eating ice cream as we eat our friends. And we come to the end of the film there. So stand up now. This is tricky, because up before this, he picks up all the I'm not really that enthusiastic by it. Um, but I have provided some stuff, but that's found a standout character at the moment. And I think standout character be controversial because, or do standout character, because standout character is actually the character that ends up dying. Yes, it's Ellie. Ellie gets given standout character and explain why. Now, she doesn't get it because. I find all the other characters completely annoying um, and Doug is really the one I tolerate the most. But that's not why. The reason I go to Ellie is because she provides her, her spirit, provides information throughout the whole film. Ellie, unlike Coral from Finding Nemo, is not one of these characters who's there for plot purposes and then gets disposed of quickly. Because is now third for purpose. Ellie, we get this, we get a nice fair chunk of what, what life looks like the car Ellie is, and then a nice little montage scene, which a lot of people think the tearjerker. And I have heard of you years of Christ lot who have cried over this. I didn't. My tearjerker was when Carl was looking at the book. Um, we're gonna get onto in a minute. Or I think I might. Oh, I think I might. <laughs> Think about giving away what's that moment is there. <laughs> right, look. Yeah, so Eddie's spirit sort of lives on. We see Carl reference her quite a bit throughout the film. So she's, so you know, she's not many there in person. And yet, very, very sweet, sweet time. She's there in spirit. She's there in spirit and sort of influences the cat, some of the cat's decisions. Inside. So yeah, so Ellie gets me, gets another character. 
because she is a character who I would have loved to see more of. Um, but she's not one of those characters that's just written for a pop pop poetry and then she gets dispatched off at the earliest moment because she's now served a pop purpose. No, the spirit of Ellie is there from the very beginning of the film towards the end of the film. I think her spirit is something that we could all use in life ourselves. Right. Stand up moment, if you haven't already guessed there, I mean, make another look to that. Stand up moment is the scene where Carl is looking at the stuff I'm going to do section in a presenter book as me. I was buying up at this, at this scene because I could just relate it to um, real life ourselves and I mean, we're all probably going to do when we get to Carl's age and if we're all managed to ail get to Carl's age, then, um, you know. That's something we probably will be doing that before our lives, we'll probably look back at all the stuff we thought we were going to do and compare to how we are in our company life and just be to it. We have something what our life has been, you know. And I, I, I just remember running up because I could just, because I could just, because I could just picture myself being in Carl's shoes there and I really felt, you know. That could be me in Carl's age, sort of like 60 years time from now. Um, thinking, oh my god, do you know I get to do all the stuff I want to do in fantasy in life? But, and to me, it's just a turd to tear dress of But also, it's a dream former of Carl. Looking at that sports part of the book helped him to finally go, actually, yeah, I've not really been a good person so far, I've not really been a great role model. Uh, to, to, to Charlie Russell and also to the viewers watching the film, even though I don't know they're there because obviously you're breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, so it's just a really, for me, it's a little circumstance. Oh, so as you can see, quite a really emotional film there. Uh, definitely my opinion. Don't know about you, my friends. Hopefully. You're not welling up too much. But anyway, we've come to the end of another amazing show, which is also a reason to be welling up. Oh, but thank you, listeners, always, my dear friends. Until next time, this has been What I Love About Up.